everyone and welcome to Walford Weekly, your EastEnders podcast, where we will be discussing the stories that aired on the BBC in the UK between Monday the 22nd and Friday the 26th of February. And it is my honour to be joined once again by Rob. Hello, Rob. Hello, Alexander. How are you? I'm very good, Roberto. I'm doing Thank very, you. very well. Excellent honour. Bless your cottons. <laughs> I've signed you up to Kim's dating service. I thought it was about time Thank that you got back out there. God for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where are your tri- where are your testimonials <laughs> <laughs> i'm very hopeful for you after your stint on the undateables i thought it was about time eh yeah 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 and i have and after my stint on um rupaul's drag race i'm sure they'll be flooding in <laughs> yes i mean Ginny lemon was loved by all but unfortunately not by rupaul Do you know how many people that i got messages from about that <laughs> so many people going there's a guy on your drag race it looks just like you start i don't even like drag race i think i'm the only gay in the world that doesn't watch it so we're getting all these pictures coming through with this. And it's always seemed to be the same picture as well, where he was pulling some sort of face. I mean, to be fair, Ginny like, Lemon would pull a face pretty much throughout the whole series. Uh, There'd be a face pulled at every shot that was of him. <laughs> well, every picture that was sent to me, made, I was pulling an expression that made me look like I was sucking on a lemon. So it's... <laughs> I mean, he was a great character. Um, he was very tight. Anyway, this isn't this isn't RuPaul's Drag Race Weekly. This is EastEnders and Weekly. it never will be. <laughs> well, as long as you're concerned, it will never be it. <laughs> And we are going to talk about all the stories that happened this week. (laughs) We're going to start with a bitty story, one that I'm quite happy to just, you know, just forget about, to be honest with you. And that is the the continued story of Ash and Peter getting together. Bobby being a nurse again, because Bobby seems to have this role now where if anyone's unwell, they stay on the bill sofa and Bobby looks after them. It happened with Rainey. Now he's doing it with Peter. And I just feel a bit sorry for Bobby that he's been kind of just classed as this kind of just care caretaker for the for the rest mm. of the the Albert Square. I mean, I think that's where it went wrong for Lucy. She went on the floor instead of on the sofa. If she stayed on the sofa, she'd have <laughs> yeah. been absolutely fine. Yeah, Bobby would have taken care of her. He would have given her, yeah, given her a, bit, right, a bit of warm water, a flannel on the forehead. She'd yeah. have been fixed up in no fine. time. Not an issue. Yeah. Stuck an X plaster on her head. She'd have been fine. <laughs> um, bless Bobby. I did feel for him this week because Kathy gives Peter the idea. Why don't you take your brother out? Yeah, just take your brother out clubbing, you know, in this in this COVID <laughs> pandemic. Rose take night out. clubbing. Yeah, 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 be yeah, right. Um, and Peter seems to be fairly up for the idea. Bobby's very up for the idea. He likes the idea of going clubbing with his cool bro. Wow. And then at the last moment, just as they're getting ready, Ash turns up at the house. This was just ridiculous. <laughs> turns up to tell Peter, "Yeah, I've been properly suspended. It's not looking great. So let's go get drunk together yeah. because that worked out so well last time." Um, <laughs> How does why and- does Ash? forgive peter so quickly because it's peter's fault that she is in this position and she's she just doesn't seem to care she's just like oh no. shall i just get drunk with you again it's just yeah. so silly you're not a bad influence on me at all <laughs> I, i'm frankly i was amazed that peter bothered to send him a text message yeah i was i was shocked too i thought that it would just be a note that would go missing and then it wouldn't be found until the that. next morning i thought it was just not even that i thought he was just gonna walk out and oh, bobby will be right just walk out and leave him um but bobby's sort of left high and dry and watching telly with kathy again and you can tell that he's upset and you can tell that Kathy wants Peter's blood for it. So I look yeah. forward to that moment. I feel sorry for Bobby. I mean, Kathy opened mm. a nightclub so Ben could find love. <laughs> Why doesn't Kathy open something for Bobby? Like a new mosque or something for him to find, <laughs> to, to 
find to find a home for him to live in. Kathy's credentials include her opening mosques for a, like for part of a business. So she won't go to that either. So you know she may as no. well. She's sleeping partner of all, all the businesses around Walford. I mean, Kathy. Kathy is trying her best to give Bobby a life outside of the Bill House, and it just doesn't seem to be working out. I feel so sorry for Bobby. And Bobby let slip this week as well in front of um, Suki that Ash has been suspended as well. And Suki... I thought. That Bobby did that deliberately. Did, did you? Not, like, there was there seemed to be a little bit of mischief in his voice when he said it, and then when he sort of saw Suki's reaction, he was like, "Yeah, bye," and walked out. I was like, <laughs> "Go on, Bobby." Afterwards, Bobby thought to himself, "Oh, hang on, I've put my foot in it here," but then didn't really seem to care, especially since no. Peter seems. Why should to... he? Yeah, exactly. Right. Peter doesn't care about him. Why should he care about their no. you know relationship going on, going onward? Nah, Bobby did the right thing. Very much. So. He did. <laughs> King Bobby. I mean, where is this going, for goodness sake? Well, um, it's going to be Ash and Peter, isn't it? They're getting together. Is it? Well, they Are must they definitely be. going to get together, do you reckon? Or do you reckon... I'd like? I'd love it if Ash was just using him for, I don't know, company post-Ikra. <laughs> well, Ikra's moved on, apparently. Would... <gasps> yes, with the barmaid that I keep forgetting exists until she appears. Yeah, it seems to be a character that's not a character. It's Mila. weird. Mia, yeah, I know. I wonder if they're... I quite like her. I do too. I wonder if they're making her a bit like Frankie. They're kind of just seeing, treading the waters delicately and seeing how it goes with her. Because I quite like well, the relationship between her and Suki. Yeah, I like Well, I like, I like the relationship between um, Mila and Kim that seems to be developing. Mm. That's, that's quite nice. Because I'm, I'm sensing that the actress who plays Mila has kind of got... She's quite good at, at sparring with Kim and she's got like a little bit of comedy potential in there for her as well, I think, which might brighten it her up because Christ knows she needs it. <laughs> because Kim is on... Kim's on one this week because she has got it into her head that she is Scylla Black. And in her in her, in her exact words, I'm a, a black Scylla Black or something like that, she said, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> she, could have <laughs> said a, she could have said a London Scylla Black or like a non-Liverpudlian uh, or, no, something, or she's Scottish. A black Scylla. She's a black Scylla. Lara, Lara, laughs. She's now got it in her because she's trying to set up Isaac and Lola. That's her main. That was her main thing to do this week. And then she sort of like saw Isaac and Lola chatting and thought, "Well, that's I'm great at this." And then decides to immediately set her next targets on sorting out uh, Mila and Ikra. I think so. I like I like that Kim's got this storyline because she's always been someone who's a bit like fluttery and likes to do her own thing and always has grand mm. ideas and silly. And they tend to be a bit silly. And I mean, you know, starting <laughs> starting a dating company in in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> seems. A a little bit Look, <laughs> let's just blind like the to it doesn't but... exist in no. standards at the moment let's be no. fair well let's it's use the word which is fine well let's use the word to kate oates we're in a parallel universe now she said eastenders is in a parallel universe a whole new world where anything can happen new world i'll tell you that <laughs> it certainly is but yeah so kim's starting this statement and i totally agree with you i, th- I like ikra and mina I-, I think they're a good team and as you say uh kim and mina as well is a good little team between them too so it'd be nice to have a story with all three of them maybe combined together it'd be a bit of fun perhaps Ikra yeah. could with her business degree could help Kim along with her new venture I do know, I do wonder how much longer Mina's going to be working at the Albert, at the Prince Albert because every time that we see her it seems to be that she's giving away free drinks <laughs> like, she, like she, Kim sorted it like um, her and Ikra talking by saying uh, oh by the way Mina's giving away free drinks to anybody who sits at the bar and Ikra's like <laughs> you know, they're like roadrunner I know um, well, to be fair, she doesn't need to worry about Kathy. She's never there, so she can yeah. do what she likes, really. This who is, is in charge of the Albert at the minute? Because wasn't Tina working there for ages, <laughs> and she's not there now. So who who is doing anything? Like, Mina's the only staff we ever see at the Albert now. This you wait so till really... the 21st of June. You wait till the 21st of June. The Albert's going to be full. <laughs> yes, that's when 
Roma Unlocked. So anyone outside the UK <laughs> that doesn't know the news, we've been promised. Oh. We've been promised by that mad oh. bojo that we are going to be out of this by the 21st of June. Oh, I don't hold out with like hope. For that yeah. day. You <laughs> wait for that day, Alex. Oh, I won't be doing the podcast that Saturday. Even if it falls on a Monday, I'm not going to be well enough to deal with it on the Saturday. I'll be joining you, Rob. I mean, yeah, I, too right. just to go off subject for literally two seconds. <laughs> I, the thing I've been telling everyone I've missed the most is just going to the pub, ordering a pint mm. and just sitting mm. down and having a nice, an ice cold beer in my hand. I just cannot. Conversations. Oh, and com- yeah. And just people chatting to random you. people, having a few drinks. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> it's really not the same. Dottie is starting a new venture this week. Uh, with what is this? Tiff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. What is this? It's a kind of like a Hooters, I guess. You know, in America they have Hooters, and you know, you go to a right. table, and then you have like a very good-looking woman uh, serving you chips and meat chips. <laughs> and you have beer and meat chips and meat well, i don't know it's a very manly very masculine very alpha male kind of environment i've never been to one as you probably would know so there's steaks <laughs> being handed around left right yeah, and center raw isn't you know they ask you yeah, when you, I, I want a cow put on this table is the word t-bone steak and these mm. women just carrying it around like yeah. Yeah. out the flintstones yeah, yeah exactly on the hooked onto the side of the car with dino <laughs> dino pops his head up for the roof it's all good this is what's yeah. happening in america yeah. right now <laughs> and uh wow this kind of table service waitressing is what Dottie is, is suggesting Ruby should start maybe looking down that avenue for her business as well. Yeah, yeah. The plan seems to be that um, Tiff and Dottie will sort of pay more attention to the male customers at Ruby's. You know, flush a little bit of leg, a little <laughs> bit of cleavage. I feel that Dottie is going to step away from the more practical sides of this little business plan and just sort of give Tiffany orders. So it's literally just going to be Tiff sort of flirting with the male customers in front of Keegan, who's busy going to be working behind the bar. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Who knows? Doesn't like Tiff doing anything a little uh, bit risque. Mm. Uh, I, I, yeah, Keegan's not going to like this, is he? Keegan is going to be no. very, very upset by this. No, and Tiff's not even told him, and she knows how he's going to react to this. So I can see them sort of doing this like whilst Keegan's back is turned rather than Tiff actually telling him what's going on. And then Keegan will think that Tiffany's too timing him <laughs> and then they'll have a big old bust up and then Dottie will step in and go, well, you're right, she's a slag. I'm not, though, Keegan. <laughs> Booby wiggle. Ah, I see. Mm. So do you mm. honestly think that's Dottie's plan, that she's planning this? This Well, I thought Dottie was she... basically be- being a bit business-minded and she wants to be seen as, you know, as good as Ruby. Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't think necessarily that she'll have, this would have been like a grand plan, but I don't, because I think it's been sort of established in the past that Dottie wouldn't mind a bit of Keegan, doesn't <laughs> no, it? No, that's so true. So I feel that if things started to go wrong between Tiff and Keegan, she'd quite happily step in quite quickly. Mm, it was nice to see Tiff and Dottie having this friendship this week, because Dottie asked Tiff about, you know, tell me everything you know about Ruby Allen. I don't know that Tiff knows that much about Ruby no, Allen. That can't have been a very long conversation. <laughs> no, like literally five minutes. It's like she yeah. owns the Rubies Club. Johnny she's Allen. Ruby. <laughs> yeah. Brown hair. <laughs> I, think, I think she's pregnant, but she's very yeah, thin. She might not be. Yeah. yeah she's married Ovulation to Martin. strips on the table. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't like Stacey that much. No, but they used to be best friends like you and me. Yeah. Um, remember and, that. Yeah. Um, she, I don't think she put her in a dumpster, though. <laughs> yet. 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 Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was a very odd line. But I suppose the information that Dottie received from Tiff was what she yeah. used then to get the plan underway. Um, it seemed to work with Ruby and everything seemed to be a-OK. Okay. But um, mm, So we'll see how this plan pans 
I don't predict great things for this new business venture. It's about using like the female body to sort of take advantage of drunk males' egos, mm. effectively, isn't it? So I don't know how that's going to go down, even with Tiff. Like, how is Tiff actually going to feel about doing that? Yeah, I mean, a, a woman should see it as like it's, it's empowering to them. I think that there's nothing. Oh, I completely wrong. agree. If men mm. like hand over like twenty pound notes because a girl shows a bit of thigh, then all power to the woman, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, hundred percent. You know, it's all about like how that makes. But it's all about how that makes you feel as the person that's doing it. If you're mm. if you're cool with that and you're looking at it, go, yeah, you're an idiot. Sure, I'll take your money. Then absolutely fine. All power to you. Fair play. But it's it's it, it depends like how far. Do- I think Dottie's going to be the one that's pushing it rather than Tiff. Like fully enjoying doing it i don't think i think it will be one sort of customer that's a bit handsy and tiff will mm. want to step away from it and dotty will be like now nah, it's just the business mate carry on <laughs> so, so dotty's dotty's kind of pimping <clears throat> tiff out there <laughs> she's effectively yeah i think that's, i think that's effectively where it's going <laughs> oh my goodness imagine dotty in like a uh, zebra coat and like a stick cane and just walking down the <laughs> square <laughs> um my girls look after you <laughs> Keegan and Tiff are moving in with Dottie as well. So do you think there could be, a, as you said, there could be a bit of a temporary yes. distraction there as well? Maybe maybe there's going to be a scene where Keegan gets out of the shower and Dottie's kind of going, ooh, and that kind of, it's the beginning uh, of something I, between them. Yeah, I, I, I predict the start of Zotti. <laughs> Zotti? <laughs> oh, do you ship it? No. I quite like Keegan and Tiff together. Um, I like that the, it's basically these two young adults that are sort of basically being faced with each of the world's problems for, for young adults, sort of mm. one issue at a time. Mm. It's like, oh, we're skin. Oh, God, we'll better deal with that then. Right, we're all right again now. All right, we've got a ha- we haven't got anywhere to live. All right, we've got a house now. It's fine. Um, so I, it's sort of like, I think the issue is effectively what young people have to do to be able to live sometimes yeah, to survive. somewhere like london yeah no i agree so i think that's quite an interesting issue mm, i i agree I, I wish they'd do a bit more though with that rather than these kind of mm. extravagant over the yeah. top ways of doing it but then this is the era that we're in at the moment so let's just yeah. embrace it and enjoy it ruby has <gasps> had a very roller coaster yes. week this week um she she got a scan and she lied to Martin by that that I mean that dropping of the book. Whoops! And then took the scan and then put it in right. her pocket. What was it? What? <laughs> what was she? Pla- was she literally just like sort of waiting in that in that waiting room like a lion in a, on a pride looking like an antelope waiting for some sort of discarded scan photo that she could steal? Like what was she doing? <laughs> I don't know. I know she kind of she had her appointment. She'd finished and then she started. And she just kind sat of, there in the waiting room. Yeah, very casual conversation with someone, and then just as coincidence with have it she was like oh uh you're so you're oh. 12 weeks are you oh okay then can i have a look at the picture and then the phone rang for the lady she was talking to then she stole the picture it was just everything was very coincidental it wasn't set up like yeah you know what i mean it wasn't like she she had planned to steal it it's she like, didn't she didn't smash a fish tank exactly start. exactly which, which i would have enjoyed to be honest with you <laughs> At this at this point, <laughs> I would have. Been, I would have been, it the same? It, it was the same place as well, wasn't it? Where did Mel do that? Was it in a doctor's surgery? Or no, was Mel's it? was a doc, it was a doctor's surgery. It was an NHS doctor's surgery because she took Sharon uh, to because yes, Sharon something right, happened yeah, to Sharon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when Sharon was pregnant, something happened to Sharon. Oh, see, it could have been the same place then. In that case, couldn't it? I quite like the idea of this sort of recurring thing where this fish tank <laughs> gets repeatedly smashed by the women of Walford as they're trying to distract somebody in the wall in the waiting room in this incompetent private clinic. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they... they you, just got, you just got this receptionist behind the door. Oh, not again. <laughs> Why do I put up with it every week? Oh, I'm going to have to go buy more goldfish again. Off to the... Oh, off to the pet Off store. to the fair. <laughs> yeah. 
um, anyway, so yes, um, so she steals this uh, scan photo, which she then takes home to Martin. Because at this point, Ruby is just thinking, right, I'm a bit behind the dates. I still do not believe that Martin would twig onto this at all. You know, with like dates and all of that sort of thing. I don't think he's got. I don't think he's got that sort of brain. I think Ruby no. was overthinking it. I don't think Martin cares. Martin bought vitamins for Ruby this week, and he said, "Oh, I think these are the right ones because there's a picture of a pregnant woman on the front of it." And yeah, pink. like <laughs> so. Okay, back some like some jogging. That'd be stretch, right? Yeah, so you can wear these, can't you? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. That although he's had what twelve children now, I don't know. It's just at like, least he should be somehow into the click, into the kind of rhythm of how pregnancy works by now, you'd have thought. But no, yeah. no. You should know. It's still a mystery to old Martin. Our oh, Martin, <laughs> Bless he doesn't, him. doesn't really know what's going on. If it ain't an apple, he don't know. <laughs> Ruby goes home with this uh, stolen scan photo. Now, where it have had like any details of the actual woman that she stole it from on it? Or is it just like any like any scan can be a picture of a baby? Um, I, I think there's dates on it. I presume they might have the surname on it, but but Ruby gave it to him in a kind of paper picture frame, didn't she? Yeah, she like like kind of hold hands over the like relevant details. Like, no, don't move my hand. Just look at this picture. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Stacy, meanwhile, is still on one about everything that's happened. Oh, she's Ruby. fuming um, she's, because Martin and Ruby come up with the idea to take the kids away for the Easter holidays to Greece, mm, which I nice. think, if anything, is again proof that the pandemic does not exist in Wolper terms, which is fine. Parallel um, universe and. In parallel universe. Uh, it's like Doctor Who. Stacey's nose is immediately put out of joint by this because you know it's not afford to take all the kids to some exotic Greek island where you know where they film Mamma Mia or something. So she storms around uh, to Ruby's and just starts having a go at her. Well, mm. it's, it's in the Vic, I think. First of all, because oh yeah, they first just, of all, yeah, they decide to have an, a, a kind of an adult meeting, and it literally <laughs> was just Stacey shouting at Ruby. <laughs> yeah, the whole time. I mean, time. they're Stacey. She's got a lot of love equalities is our stace but she ain't an adult in any way she doesn't really deal with sort of diploma diplomacy well it's I not mean, her strong point i can kind of see now why in the space of what nine months lily went to being this very kind sweet mm. lovely little girl went away with her mum yeah. had literally consolidated nine months with her mum and came back as this yeah. horrid mean very evil selfish child. evil child so i think time with stacy can be quite quite infectious <laughs> For a child. I'm not supposed to like Lily, am I? I no, I, well, that's just what upsets me because I loved I loved Claudia Winkleman's Lily and I thought <laughs> that she was brilliant and she was so sweet and I was, so, I was a bit like taken back when they brought her back as this, when she came out of the black camera was like, Oi, mum! Where's the sunglasses? Oh, she's a chav now, isn't she? And she's and she's a manipulative little madam as well, isn't she? Because she was looking at I don't know, some nail varnish or something on the stool, wasn't she? Yeah. And Stacey was like, no, you can't have that. And Lily's like, well, that won't do, mummy. She realises that there's some stuff kicking off between Ruby and Stacey and then immediately turns around to Ruby and goes, I'll make it fine. Just buy me this nail varnish. And Ruby's like, well, all right then. Yeah. Um, it's kind of tricky to sort of see where Lily is going to... Because Lily, I think, from here on, is just going to be causing no end of problems, isn't she? Mm. I mean, they've, they've made they've, anybody that crosses her. <laughs> they've literally made Lily a mini me for Stacey, and that's I presume their plan now. Ruby had had a miscarriage at this point, um, and it was when there was the argument in the Vic. Now, obviously, at the after the argument, then later on, and Ruby gets pushed down the stairs or trips down the stairs by Stacey. Ruby then says to Martin that 
it essentially says it's Stacy's fault for why I lost the child, mm. but kind of indicated it was because Stacy didn't like them being married and has a vendetta against her ever since they were married. And so she deliberately had pushed her down the stairs. But there is an argument in my thought. I think Stacy kind of didn't help matters either by getting Ruby so riled up and deliberately kind of pushing her and pushing her and pushing her buttons. No. That could have that um, might have been the reason why she lost the baby. So I kind of sympathise well, with yeah, what in Ruby some did. Way it is Stacey, in some ways it is Stacey's fault. Mm. You know, before the miscarriage even happened, she has been so stressed and like so on edge about everything mm. that's been happening with Stacey and Martin. Peeing like in a bin. Like constantly trying to get one over and some peeing in a bin. Yeah. So she tried to make a pee in a bin. In some ways, you know, in a roundabout way, it sort of is Stacey's fault. Ruby did this whole sort of falling down the stairs thing deliberately. I don't think she did. I think no. it was genuinely an accident and then she's taken advantage of a situation because it showed like a heel snapping or something, didn't it? Essentially, Stacey didn't push her, but if people hadn't seen, then it looks like that's what had happened. But I'm sure there's some CCTV camera somewhere that I will show I was about otherwise. to say, there's a camera. I'm sure we've seen like camp security views from that point, from that stairway before, haven't we? I'm fairly certain from even as far back as when it was R&Rs, you know, and Ruby and Roxy, yeah. some, something had happened then, you know. So I'm sure that was where it will come out. Like Stacey will somehow get the footage. I mean, Dottie, I still don't think Dottie has something's going to happen between Ruby and Dottie. And I think something's going to that's going to cause Dottie to also maybe side with Stacey and do something to help her out. And so maybe, maybe. Dottie will get the footage later on down the line but but for me essentially i think stacy is to blame i think stacy is and i know the way that ruby's going about it is a bit naughty but i think she's within her rights to say it i mean the inclination is going to be that ruby is going to use that incident on the stairs as sort of the bit like stacy pushed me and then i fell so that's mm. why i've lost the baby rather than her saying that Stacy has, you know, been going on and on and on and on at me. And mm. that's and so she genuinely believes that's why she's lost the baby. How much is she lying as opposed to how much is she actually telling the truth to Martin of what she believes? Ruby seems to be telling so many lies that she's kind of tangling her up. It's like when Stacy this week kind of out Woodley said, I know what you did with Kush. I know that it was you that got me beaten up. And Ruby still said, no, it wasn't. And it's like, mm. there's a lot of evidence to indicate that's not true anymore. And I think that Ruby is tying herself up with so many lies now that it's becoming a little bit difficult for her to distinguish, if for herself, distinguish what the truth is and what the lies are anymore. What I'm loving <laughs> is the fact that whenever Ruby does anything bad, it's always before she looks at a picture of Johnny. Like she looks yeah. at the picture of Johnny Allen. It's like she absorbs his power. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of Johnny Allen lives within me. <laughs> and, then she just, and then she just goes and does bad stuff. So where does it go from here? So Martin is now going to be against Stacy and like war between Stacy and everything is going to start happening. And well, we're yeah. obviously leading up to another Lacey Turner exit. So is this going to be Stacy running away? Well, no, Stacy's not got anything to run away from. As like you said last week, and, and I hope it's true. I hope that Lacey Turner kind of only leaves the soap for a couple of weeks and kind of dips in and out films a few scenes here and there so you almost don't notice her maternity leave or her leave, having a break for her second child the person I feel ultimately most sorry for in this whole story is poor old Martin because as usual yeah. Martin is stuck in the middle I hope that this doesn't reborn Dark Martin 2.0 because I don't need oh, that in God, my I life hope not. No. no never again no. never again <laughs> we don't need that in our lives to be honest I feel a bit sorry for Ruby this week and I feel as I said sorry for Martin and I get Stacey's argument but i don't like the way that she's kind of coming across i also want to say i thought louisa Litton 
uh, who plays Ruby was absolutely re- was amazing this week. Mm. I thought you guys some great performances in all the scenes that they, Ruby was doing this week because you really sort of seen this sort of psychological break for Ruby mm. at the minute. It seems to be like a turning point in her psyche as to how far she's prepared to go. Mm. So it's I think I'm, I like Ruby like this. Um, unchained Ruby, it's great. <laughs> like she's just, like you get the impression that she will sort of go to some really dark places now, which is always really interesting to watch. Dark Ruby. <laughs> who do you think is the smartest and cleverest person in eastenders history okay. libby and fox. the thickest trevor short this is libby and trevor's pub quiz so this is libby and trevor's pub quiz now what's going to happen here is alex as you've said libby fox is an academic gifted student yes and trevor short isn't Uh, And what's happened is they have been asked to write a quiz for the pub. Uh, And they've even gone as far as to write the same sort of questions. But one is hard because it's written by Libby and one is easy because it's been written by Trevor. However, both questions have the same answer. Right, right. And they're all to do with current EastEnders characters. So first of all, I'm going to ask you Libby's question. Mm -hmm. And if you can work out the answer from Libby's question, then you get two points. Okay. Um, And if you need to... Trevor's question, then you'll only get one point if you get the answer. Okay? Have Trevor's questions on the ready because I will be <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Humiliation is coming. <laughs> so, number one, Libby's question is Which character, at time of recording, currently lives at 46 Albert Square? I hate locations. I know the one. I know I'm awful at them as well. Oh, yeah. One isn't right in the top round corner, so that's grey. And then he goes left from there. So, 46, I would think, would be one of the new houses where the armids are staying so i'm gonna say well i'm gonna say ikra then you're gonna say ikra yeah. okay are you gonna stick with ikra when you hear trevor's question same answer in 2012 which character was engaged to john hewland well it's definitely not ikra. john hewland john... it's definitely not ikra no. no john hewland albert square 46 albert square mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> I'm just making sure it's not like no, Coronation Street. Street. Yeah. Ah, yes, of course, yes. Ken Barlow. Um, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, well done. <laughs> um, Gonna um, have to hurry you. Oh, um, I don't. Uh, no, um, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I feel. You dev- don't know. Okay. Um, so no post for this. So no points for this question. But if I was to tell you that 46 Albert Square is quite an iconic address on Albert Square, would that help you at all? It's not the Vic, is it? It is the Vic. Really? Oh, then Sharon. Yeah, 46. 40- it is Sharon, yes. 46 Albert Square. Uh, John Hewland uh, was the character that she was about to marry when she returned oh. in 2012. You know, the Hurricane Sharon yes. trailer with the wedding dress and all that sort of thing. John Hewland is the guy that she was going to marry, that she had to be rescued from. By Phil. By Phil, of all people. Yeah. <sighs> uh, so, not the best of starts, but there's four more questions left to go, Alex. Don't be too downhearted. Four more to get wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here is Libby's question. Which character's first ever major storyline was described by the Daily Mirror as one of the darkest and most disturbing storylines EastEnders has ever attempted? Darkest ever attempted. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to guess Chantel. Chantel, you're going to say, okay. Yeah, that's See if you dark. still want to say Chantel. Well, we'll see. We'll see when you hear Trevor's question whether you want to stick with Chantel. Mm. Which character's first episode featured her sleeping in a bus shelter? Oh, um, oh, I know. It's Whitney, mm-hmm. Whitney Dean. Which... It's, it is Whitney. Yeah, yes. It's the, the, oh, okay. No, that makes sense. That story. Yeah. Yeah. The Tony storyline. It was very controversial at the time, if you remember. Yeah. I do remember. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, because she was sleeping in the bus shelter with Bianca and the other yes, the, the rest and of the Tif- litter. Tiffany, yeah, and Tiffany's first appearance was that was was that episode as well. Yeah. Oh. Well, I say I say Tiffany's first appearance. Maisie Smith's first appearance as Tiffany was that episode. So there you go. Did we meet Tiffany? Oh, oh yes, we one... must have, mustn't we? Because she was a baby with um. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Yeah, so I wonder what that baby's doing these days. Uh, right, so <laughs> one point so far. It's Maybe, not too bad. Can you imagine if she's still a baby? Yeah, she's just stuck there as an age, <laughs> like, the, like, the, like the Teletubby's son. She's still a child after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit toy Wilcox. <laughs> oh, that's taking me back. Right, so question number three. Yes. This is uh, Libby's question. Which male character's first appearance was on the 29th of October 2019? I'm going to say, well, I reckon it's mm, either Mitch or Grey. Okay. So I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say, I'm going to go crazy. Just say Grey. I'm going to shoot you it out there. You are mental. Bang, bang. Done. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So you're going to say Grey. Here. <laughs> Here is your easier question. Who was responsible for nearly killing Martin Fowler in the Minute Mart? Oh, Vinny. Vinny, yes. Yeah, I'd got it into my head that Vinny, Jags and Kira all arrived on the same episode. And they didn't. Kira and Jags both uh, arrived on the 2nd of October. And then yeah. Vinny didn't turn up until the 29th of October. Yeah. And then Suki turned up in January. So there you go. That's it. Because yeah, it was Vinny. Jags and Kalit were scoping out Ben's... Um, the car lot because he still owned the car lot at that yes. point. he stole the sunglasses and it was at that moment that very first moment randomly I knew, kidnapped Lola yeah at that very first moment you I know knew he was that, the love of your life that Kulit was the love of my life and that Jags had to go because mm. <laughs> <laughs> he just yeah bless him that's when Kulit was walked into the bill house um, to threaten Ben oh yeah and he was wearing the white socks the really like white socks pulled up to his ankles and I was like yes I remember fashion queen that's my boy yeah that's him <laughs> that's my man I knew it from that moment wow and then lo- oh, I, could, I could hear the violins that day I remember it well <laughs> okay so you've got two points so far Alex that's all right out of six uh, you're happy with this are you uh, so just two more questions left to go one of the reasons for casting the actor of which long-running character was his shape Skills in stage fighting and a variety of sports, including boxing, football, and karate. I think I know this. It's um, Ian Beale, Adam Woodyet. You reckon that Ian Beale was cast because of his shape, skills in stage fighting, and a variety of sports, including boxing, football, and karate? I'm fairly certain. I know you're making fun of me, and I think this is a ruse by you. <laughs> Would but, I? Uh, well, Would I? I'm sure. I'm very. I'm. No, I'm not certain. I think that <laughs> I remember watching a documentary about how EastEnders began. And mm. they were talking to the original executive producers, and yeah. sorry, Julia said that she cast Ian Bill because when she saw him in a in a drama, they cast Ian, sorry they cast Adam Woodyat because they, when she saw him in a drama, that she saw him like potential with these certain skills. And I don't know why, but I've drawn okay. what you've said is the skills I've drawn to. So I'm gonna say okay. Ian Bill. Okay, see if you still want to stick with <laughs> Ian Bill after I, you hear this question. I won't. But carry on. Who is stepfather to Ian Beale? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, who is stepfather to Ian Beale? Mm-hmm. Kathy's not married. Well, Phil. Yes, it's Phil. Hmm. Phil Mitchell. Yeah. That's a mad thing to think, isn't it? That Phil is, or was, is, slash was, Ian's stepfather. It's very weird, that. Um, mm. But yeah, he was cast for his shapes, and it makes total sense if you think about it. It's Skills in stage fighting, so let's be honest, Phil does very little else but fight people, especially True. when he first arrived. True. Uh, and a variety of sports, including boxing. 
and karate. Mm. I like the there fact that he was he was cast for his shapes like he was good on the dance floor. <laughs> Put on yeah, a... night fever. <laughs> Put on a record and Phil was there. Yeah, exactly. Right, this has gone really, really well, this game so far. <laughs> Your last Libby question is, which young character was originally named Petal by her father? Um, uh, uh, honey. Yeah, okay. And you can stick with that. For the easier question is, which character is portrayed by an actress simply known as Grace? Oh, bother. <laughs> oh, why did I think it was Honey? It's not Honey, it's Janet. I knew it's Janet, Janet as well. It's Janet. <sighs> Janet, Janet, Janet. I love Janet. So... I love Janet. Queen Janet. Um, mm. Let's review that performance, shall we? <laughs> Do we have um, to? <laughs> uh, four points. I mean, I As am disappointed. Ten. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, got, I got it on the last question, bar the first one. You did. And, and, and I yeah. had my, at least I had reasons for why I said certain people when I gave my answer. It wasn't just like I mm-hmm. popped a name out of the sky and said, oh, it's them. It's Wellard yes. because he's hairy. You know, I could have done that. But no, I didn't. <laughs> I gave justifiable no. reasons for why I said them. And yes, they were stupid. And yes, they were wrong. But I'm <laughs> proud of them. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. You stick with your convictions, Alex. I will. Oh, dear. So there we go. That was Libby and Trevor's pub quiz. So, a great performance there, Alex. Congratulations. <laughs> I need to lay down I'd also for like to say, Yeah, I'd also like to say, listeners, that Alex has confessed to me before we started recording that he's absolutely off his tits on coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I've been really good these last couple of days where I've not had any caffeine. And I thought, you know what? I'll treat myself to a little coffee <laughs> while mm, I'll do the recording. A little coffee. It's quite a big coffee. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But I am. I'm literally jittery from caffeine right now. <laughs> it was a. It was a mistake. I'm not going to lie. It was a mistake. Um, We're lucky to have got this far. Frankly, he's going to crash in about an hour. <laughs> There's going to be a hell of a crash. I tell you, three o'clock. So Phil and the Mitchells are up to their dodgy dealings once again. But the Panasars want a bite of that pie, so they Piece try of the to, action. They do. So they want to um, undercut the Mitchells, but unfortunately, they've got themselves into more than they can probably handle. But before any of that, let's talk uh, about Cat and Phil and how Phil upset Cat this week by calling her a scrubber. I mean, you know, if the cat fits. Um, oh, oh let's see. Um, what is going on with Cat? Like, is she like? really are we supposed to believe that she's really falling for phil now or something yeah because she seems time. to be really annoyed by the idea of phil like getting with sharon or she's really really starting to like him which is nuts hmm. because it's phil mitchell i we understand you know by regular accounts that he's an absolute beast in the bedroom we understand <laughs> that that's fine but oh, like no well you know sharon had those handcuffs for a reason you know and i bet she wasn't and i bet she wasn't even the one wearing them well let's um, just say keanu wasn't the only one crying when that scene came out <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's mad really but yeah so they've had a, like a little tryst but with i think we're let's put it to the bedroom so phil gave her a good old rodrine on the stairs but you don't know that they came back into the lounge tucking their shirts in let's just they said they said that what cat oh. said to him one day we might make it to the bedroom oh god do you, oh, so do that means they either did it on the stairs or the landing. Kitchen table. People eat on that table. Thank goodness Dennis so died. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then Ben comes home just as they're sort of, you know, putting themselves together again. Um, <laughs> and Kat sort of goes to leave. And then basically Ben's like, well, what's she doing here? She's not trying to get more business out of us, does she? And then Phil starts 
kind of criticizing Kat and slagging her off and calling her a scrubber and all of that sort of thing and saying that, you know, she's not really worth anything, which Kat overhears. Yeah, which was um, not a good move by Phil because obviously this whole week no. has been the Mitchells trying to upstage the Panasars to say a weird comment this week that the Mitchells said that we have a lot of power around Wolford, even though Danny Harcastle, what, three months ago said to the Mitchells, you have no power around Wolford anymore. So somehow in this short time, they've now gained, regained their power really quickly. Well, we need a new gangster this week. Now, you'll uh. remember, Alex, how <laughs> mercilessly I ridiculed you about you assuming that there was such a thing as a gangster called Kevin. <laughs> but now we appear to have Stan. <laughs> Shell suit Stan. Stan. Stan the gangster. Yeah. With a ponytail and like all bad guys, he smokes because yeah. only bad people smoke. We've, we've, we've discovered that. <laughs> um, I mean, Stan is just... Stan's hilarious. <laughs> I know, I know. It's literally it's like, like he'd rolled out the school of gangster, isn't it? It's and I mean, what is this thing? It's like It seems to be something like money laundering or something. It is it? money laundering. They're, they're money laundering for Stan, Chelsea Stan. Right. and um, Chelsea Stan. And he's, he seems to have a lot of money. And this is what I mean. It's, it's made the Panasars go over their head a little bit because they thought it was going to be a meagre amount of £50,000 to launder. Yeah. But no, it's twice that. It's £100,000 to launder. I think the Stan has sort of seen like he's Kirat's a little bit What's the phrase? Green around the gills or something? I What's think so. And he's for? refusing yeah. to ask Suki for help as well. He's like, he's determined to do this for himself, even though Vinny and, you know, even Uncle Roger suggested that perhaps they didn't, <laughs> they didn't do it. Uncle Roger was back this week. Uh, can't wait to meet Uncle Roger. I can't um, wait. Yeah, so it's, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit random. So but the reason why Karitz got this contract is because... Stan found out that, it, but Ben claims in a very loving way, <laughs> calls him Shell Suit yeah. Stan, and that's disrespectful. Oh yeah, it's it's talking about Shell Suit Stan. What I love now is the fact that Callum and Ben were sat in the were sat in the Vic, All and right. we've gone with we've gone with Callum from literally right. I want to be a policeman, Ben. So I need you to respect my decisions and not do anything like criminal or stupid in front mm. of me. Don't take the mick here. To where the Ben and Callum are now sat in the Vic, laughing. About about this gangster that Ben's dealing with and all this money laundering and illegal activity that he's undertaking. Oh, we're always saying Stan, shell suits down in the living room. It's a right laugh between us. It's one of, like our own little <laughs> gag. So Callum's absolutely fine with this. Yeah, he doesn't he's, have an issue. He's turning a blind eye. This is yeah. this is this is Callum who couldn't turn a blind blind eye with Frankie hitting someone in a nightclub. He had to report it. He's a police officer yeah, didn't, after all. Didn't but, arrest Ben when he tried to start a fight with Kira in the Vic. By the way, when he chucked <laughs> a bar stool across yeah, the room. Yeah. He's very blind to the <sighs> kind of. Uh, law-breaking in, in, in Wolford, isn't he? Useless. He is useless. Useless. I mean, again, which is the Worst reason... Forever. It just doesn't make sense for Callum to become a police officer and be <laughs> intertwined with the Mitchells. It was a really bad move. And I just think, How what were they thinking? Still, I don't know. How was he still a copper? He's really bad at it. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, but basically, this whole thing seems to be about establishing a sort of turf war between the Mitchells and the Panasars, which mm. is what we've been wanting for a while now, isn't it? Like, Have we? Like... Well, I have. No, we've said that we wanted like the Panasars to start really taking charge and really sort of challenging. And the first I... thing you've got to do if you're going to re- if you're going to challenge anybody in the square for turf and all of that sort of thing is the Mitchells and Phil. But at the same time, I just uh, it's gangster stuff again, isn't it? And it, why why couldn't they've done it where they had a nice discussion. little tea party? I know, but why can't they just do it in a kind of because the heist is inevitable, isn't it? There is a heist coming. Yeah. What? 
why, why can't they? Because I'm happy for them. Why don't they have this kind of war between them in Albert Square? Like one gets the job and then the other one gets the job. And it's kind of this constant kind of like battle to get supremacy. And ultimately, you know. It I, might be that. Maybe. You don't maybe. know. You don't know that there's a heist coming. I mean, I don't know how many heists you <laughs> need to do with money laundering. I'm not that au fait with money laundering. You know, I, I assume zero. you just stick a few, pa- a few 20 pound notes in a washing machine and you're done. Um, <laughs> That's not how money laundering works, Rob, and you know it. Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> it just really winds me up that they're doing this kind of ridiculous, over-the-top, big gangster story. It's like, why can't why can't the Panasars take over the square by taking over property, which seemed to be their original plan? So they were going to get... They've the done that. Well, they haven't really. They've got the Suki Mart, and they've got, what, that flat above the bookies, and they yeah. have one flat that they own... Although they have a couple of flats, don't they? But they're off the square, yeah. so they don't count. They don't count in this instance. So I mean, I yeah, but this is Suki we're talking about, like because they there was like a really brief moment where Suki and Phil had a thing. Uh, you know, when she went to the Minute Mart and Phil was basically just taunting mm. Suki and saying, you know, keep your kids' business, uh, keep your kids' nose out of my business, or there's going to be hell to pay and all this sort of thing, and they just sort of sauntered out, which um, is why I think Kira is keeping stuff from Suki because he knows that. Suki wants complete and utter charge of it. Now, I think it's interesting, actually, because Kira and Ben had a scene in Ruby's where Kira actually turned around to Ben and said, you know, me and you aren't that aren't that different. Which in a few different, you know, if you look at it, they're actually not because mm. they've both got overbearing sort of parents in this sort of act- in this sort of field that want to have complete charge of it and want the kids to just obey their every command. And you've basically got Ben and Kira, who are two people that seem to want to branch out and prove themselves and prove that they're not just under their parents' thumb. It's And it sort of seems by the end of the week that Kira and Ben are maybe going to form some form of alliance at some point, or Ben is just manipulating the situation, which is, I think is more likely. As he says to Kira, you know, if you sleep with a snake, you're going to get bit. That well-known... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that well-known, <laughs> well-known catchphrase. <laughs> I don't know. They just seem to be making it up as they go along again, uh, which you know you, I could argue about that with anything. But I, I, having you, having heard you say that about the similarities between Ben and Colette, yes, it makes sense for them to do it together. And it, but and again, it would make, it would be nice if there was the scene then where they kind of realise their f- similarities and could work together. But I think Ben is ultimately just you know setting Colette up for. A very big fool. Um, yeah, well, Ben's got his own motives, doesn't he? Because mm. he again, because Phil, because the thing is, Phil turned around to him and said, "No, look, we're not going to get involved. Just let them ruin it for themselves, and then we'll just sit, well, then we'll just strive in and pick up the pieces." Which is a fairly sensible plan, to be fair. Mm. Um, but Ben, being in typical Ben mode, wants to be <laughs> wants to be the big man, and presumably is going to you know stride in and just mess everything up and prove to Phil, see, I know best. I I can handle this stuff, <laughs> and it's all going to go. I think it's all going to go wrong for both of them. And it's going to result in some massive sort of turf war between the Panasars and the Mitchells. And I welcome that because I want to see the Panasars really stepping up to the plate because it really is starting to feel, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, it is really starting to feel as though the Panasars could genuinely be competitors for the Mitchells because I think we've had plenty of people over the years that have tried to come in and have tried to take on Phil and ultimately failed miserably because Phil is untouchable. For the first time in a long time, it feels like the Panasars could be the ones that sort of really give Phil some trouble. Mm, I agree. I just wish that they'd shown that the Panasars had tread on the Mitchell's toes a little bit more than just this week. Um, and so you yeah. saw like this competitiveness between the two families happen. I, I 
would hope the end of the Mitchell kind of power hold on the square Empire. and yeah and that the Panasars are the ones that win and I it's in my predictions but there's a story that I Ooh. really want them to do with Phil and I think I have mentioned it in the past but it's such it's such a good story they could do with Phil and it would be I, I don't think I'm ruining it by saying I think it would be his exit story if they were to do okay. it but it could be done over a very long stretch of time if they were willing to try and it seems like the right time to hand over the torch now to a new family you know this stronghold over the over the Wolford and the Albert Square over Albert Square but I just hope that they do it's I mean, I mean the Panasars uh, they've been there over a year now and they just don't they have for me they haven't seemed to kind of really been just to that point yet that you could then see it that yeah. they would take over maybe well i know what you mean because it's mostly been about suki hasn't it yeah and yeah. sort of about and it's mostly what it's basically been is like our stuff with the panasazas have been suki's hold over her kids and yeah. suki's and and sort of working out the hierarchy in the in the panasar family you know jags right at the bottom <laughs> easily disposable that's why he was sent to prison yeah and then i think Vinny is probably going to be next on the list and then kirat ash probably quite far down as well what so you, i think it's it's funny you say that because I think Ash is an interesting one because I think now Ash, Ash, seen every now and then you see a little bit of Suki in Ash, and I I think mm. that Suki knows that. I don't know. I I can't help but think there's going to be some one hell of a thing happen with Ash at some point that's going to break her, and then she'll be kind of with open arms brought into the Panasar family because she's been fighting so hard to get out of that family, but now her world that she built up to get out is slowly yeah. crumbling apart thanks to peter yeah. in no small part yeah. and um and peter's <laughs> has has had involvement with the panasas as well so it kind of makes yeah. sense for him to kind of be brought in as well in a funny weird kind of strange way i mean he's very tall and he you know has a cape so you know he could help and <laughs> peter so- beale being the banana skin that suki slips on <laughs> banana man peter beale is banana uh, man. and uh the cape oh god he looks a bit like eric isn't he when he peels the banana he, he eats does it. And anyone outside the UK will not get any of these references. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I just I think that Ash has more power in that family than we're led led on to believe. And I like that. And I like that because mm. when Suki found out about Ash this week, you could just tell he thought, hang on, this could be an opportunity here. This, this guy could try to get Ash back in into the hold mm. here. But they definitely need to have a more more of a family unit than just Suki and Colette. And I would like it to be Ash as well because it'd be nice to have a two very strong females and a male as well mm. that would be a real nice dynamic in there but so I, I i don't know you've kind of changed my mind a little bit about this whole turf war story at, at first i was a bit like oh no they're gonna but i think you're right i think it's necessary for this story to move yeah. on that's the sort of hierarchy in eastenders at the minute like and has been for years and years and years and probably will be for a while to come you know if you want to establish a family that are not to be messed with they have to take on the mitchells at some point it's as simple as that that's just that's almost like that's initiation almost isn't it mm. like depending on how much trouble you give phil is how much you're be, to be taken seriously as a family and i really think that i mean i love the scenes between phil and suki like they're just electric and i want more of them um just sort of suki standing there all cool and collected and phil just sat there with a vein out the side of his head I love it. <laughs> um i'm really i'm really enjoying this and i hope that because the thing is at the minute i'm feeling like the show is in major block storytelling mode at the minute it didn't seem yeah. to be as bad a few months ago but it's really obvious at the minute so like the whole phil and suki thing you know when phil was smashing up suki the smashing up the office and, and him and suki had that great scene in the office mm. that feels like it was weeks ago mm. and it's like not really been touched upon since then so it seems like we're finally back with the mitchell suki um and panasar stuff so hopefully in the coming weeks it's going to really be allowed to develop and we'll be talking about a different side of it 
come mm. a couple of weeks from now. I think because the show is so desperate to keep Phil in almost every single story at the moment, I think it's mm. it's 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 almost a problem that they've done that because it means that they can't focus on one main story for Phil. And I think that if they were able to just focus with this story for the Mitchell family and the Panasars, and they always just have it, it could be one of those stories that could go on for a year, for a year and a half, whatever. It's just always bubbling in the background. So every now and then you hear a little tidbit from something's happened between the Panasars and the Mitchells, mm. while other yeah. stories happen in the foreground. If you know, and then it, it gets brought forward every now and then. I hate block storytelling in soaps. And when we first started doing yeah. the soap, it was very, very noticeable they were doing it. When Kate Oates came in, you could tell that everyone was kind of mixing in and all that. But again, I think, oh god, here we go, broken record. It's a sign of the pandemic. So is yeah. why this is happening. And so in July, get ready for July, kids, uh, maybe things you could start seeing things on screen in about August start to kind of unwind a little bit and open up a little bit more. Um, maybe. Let's hope so. Can we quickly talk about the love triangle between Colette, Ben and Sharon? And that it's... Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and it reminded me of that scene when Ben... God, so long ago when Ben tried to get Billy <laughs> assassinated and there was that scene yeah. in the alleyway and he was like really turned on by the idea of like getting someone killed and it Ugh. it was there was there was touches of that but there are a lot of people online are saying that you know Colette and Ben or uh, or Colette and Sharon is there potential there do you think right so if you're if you're looking at Kira and Sharon for example you've got to think of the future haven't you yeah. and like sort of go right so what would the result be if these two characters got together so Kira and Sharon getting together, that's going to be pretty cataclysmic in terms of this war between the Mitchells and the Panasars, isn't it? Indeed, definitely. So I reckon that's maybe quite likely. I mean, Sharon's ability to just pull any young bloke that comes her way, it's flawless. You know, she, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, um, Keanu, <laughs> like now Kira, why the hell not? Um, <laughs> she's the most envied woman in all of soap is Sharon. Um, I live my life by Sharon. Every day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, I've seen your eyes. It's. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there was a bit of. Te- I'm not a huge fan of this sort of like two characters that have literally never interacted, and all of a sudden that they're you know ripping each other's clothes off. But, I know, I know. You know, you've got to again. You've got to think of the future. I mean, I don't think there's going to be anything between Ben and Kira. I get why people think it because they're just desperate for Ben to snog something. Um, <laughs> and I don't think it's going to be between Kira and Ben. I think there's going to be quite a fiery relationship between Ben and Kira, which I'm which I welcome. But I don't think they're going to go down for having two bisexual slash gay kids in the Panasar family. No, that's true. I mean, I'm just being really whimsy with this question, to be perfectly honest with you. It's just that it's interesting that, as you say, it always takes this one scene between two characters and everyone instantly jumps on it and thinks, oh, hang on, hang on. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I have always like really loved the idea of sort of two, like almost, it's a bit Romeo and Juliet, sort of Capulet and Montague type of thing. Where, you know, you've got the two sort of gangster kids who fall in love with each other and the two parents who hate each other and despise each other and they've got to keep this relationship secret while this war's <laughs> going on between them. I like that sort of story, but I don't think that's what we're going to get this time, unfortunately. Oh, well. So, sorry, kids out there who wanted this... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, what it, stuck 10? with Balam for now. Yeah, you're gonna have to stick with Balam. I mean, there's always the wedding. Birat, <laughs> Birat, Birat, Birat. <laughs> there's the wedding coming up, isn't there? And there's been a lot of yeah. hints between Ben and Callum's wedding that it's actually going to be coming sooner than they first thought. So, I mean, there Yay. has to be some sort of, you know, 
tension between maybe Ben and Callum before they can have a happy day together. So maybe that will be. Uh, it. I'm still telling you, Callum's going to die on his wedding day, and it's going to. And this is and this is probably the lead up to it. Like there's going to be some tumultuous gun war or something between me, between oh, yeah. Phil and yeah. one of the and probably Kira, and Callum's going to get hit by a bullet or something in between it, and. Uh, <laughs> Then wolves will come over and tear his skin apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Helicopter he'll... will crash on top of them. <laughs> <laughs> a shard of glass will go straight through his chest. Yeah. Decapitate him. Yeah, it's all going to happen. It's and all it... going to get very final destination. And he'll still come back in 10 years and as if nothing happened. Yeah, be right. Oh, it's tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> and then finally this week, we've got a massive revelation. Yes, about Isaac. Yes. Now, the thing is, you'd put, like, I had no idea what was going on with Isaac until we had a conversation last week on the podcast where you were saying that there was rumours going around that Isaac was going to be diagnosed with HIV. Mm. And after I heard that, I was watching the Isaac stuff, and all of a sudden, like, everything seemed to be leading to that. Like, it had cemented in my brain that that was what it was going to be. Um, you know, Shuri being really kind of possessive over Isaac and not wanting to get into a relationship because of the stigma attached, you know, and you don't, you know, how how do you introduce the idea that your new partner has got HIV to someone like Lola? So it seemed to all be heading action. <laughs> and then Isaac and Shuri are having this argument in the salon, and Isaac just shouts out that he's got schizophrenia to Cherie. And I was in the bath when I was watching this and I gasped really loudly. Like you said, when you were watching it, you thought that, ah, that made sense. Like when he was talking about safe sex with Patrick as well. And yeah. And so I thought, I, I was fairly certain, I thought, oh, it's going to be it. It's definitely going to be it. Yeah, so I, I, was, you know, and he was talking about this um, like past relationship that he'd had that had ended badly. So I was automatically assuming, all oh, right, so he's got with this woman, she's cheated on him and, and got contra- and infected herself and then passed it on to and passed it on to him, which is why he's now he's now in the position that he's in. So I thought it was all leading to that. Um I liked the surprise. I did. Did you twist. did you think that it was done well though? Because it was it did he want it done in a much more I mean, obviously, it was building ice. It was build up. So Isaac was built up and up and up and up, getting more and more frustrated by his mum kind of interfering with his life and mm. his love life with Lola. Did it feel right that he had this kind of just outburst? Yeah, say it, mum. Schizophrenia. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was a bit awkward. It didn't because I think I think the shock of what he actually said kind of distracted me from like any sort of mm. um, awkwardness of the scene. How is Lola going to react? This. Well, yeah, I mean, there is that. I think, I mean, to be fair, I think Loder would be all right with it. I think what I'd like them to do from here on in is sort of address sort of the stigma attached to something mm-hmm. like schizophrenia. Yeah. You know, and I can imagine someone like Lola, her first reaction will be, well, you're a psychopath, so I don't want you anywhere near my kids, so no, we can't date. In fact, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's presumably something that's going to be said at some point by someone like Lola. I won't lie, I'm a little bit nervous as to how this is going to be tackled by sort of this current style that East extenders have had recently Mm. um it doesn't help i mean we were talking about this before we started recording the joe wick storyline from the 90s where who was diagnosed with schizophrenia and and the whole story actually was as my nan used to say from the cradle to the grave so you know (laughs) joe started exhibiting symptoms and worrying signs and started doing strange things and slowly but surely like he's diagnosed and he gets worse before he gets better and all and so it was a really long running story quite a, quite a fairly famous story i'd say in his standards history and so we're going and so we're back with schizophrenia again now the difference is obviously that isaac's apparently been diagnosed with this for years so seems to be taking medication and he's got a job as a teacher and all of this sort of thing so that's nice to, sh- to show that all of this is possible that you can live a fairly normal life presumably at some point he's going to have some, I mean, I think this, I think the word's episode, isn't it? Yeah, something something's going to break yeah. in. I think, and could they have to do something like that to show the, 
you know what what his very worst yeah. is, so they can build him back up again to become yeah. what he is at the moment. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with cautious optimism at the moment. Uh-huh. Um, I really don't. This is the thing. I I don't, I don't want it to be really sort of ham fisted with loads of you know because guarantee we're gonna have a we're gonna have a point of view episode at some point from Isaac probably written by Simon Ashdown. Yeah, that's going to be when they start to maybe do sort of arty tricks and cameras and the cast dressed up in demon outfits or whatever. Sound effects, you know. Yeah, all of that sort of thing. I really... Yeah, all of that sort of... (laughs) You're trying to give me ASMR. (laughs) I'm just just trying to do it as subtly as uh, EastEnders won't be doing it. (laughs) Oh, do you Um, think they'll do a slow down moment? I I, I was surprised they didn't do it with Isaac when he announced it. I've got schizophrenia. (laughs) (laughs) It's bound to happen, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this This is my concern. You know, I fully applaud them for <laughs> tackling this because it's a, it's, a, it's a meaty story that I think needs to be discussed. And it's a great story. Schizophrenia I was looking at, it affects one in 100 people in the UK. Wow. So it's a, yeah, so it's a, you know, there's obviously different um, branches of it. There's different types, paranoid and simple and all of this. So there's loads of different types of it. So it'll be interesting to see what which avenue they go down with mm. it. And I have absolutely no doubt that they'll be talking to mental health charities and all of this sort of thing because you cannot tackle a story like this without like knowing exactly what you're talking about because that's just damn right irresponsible. Mm. And I have no doubt whatsoever that EastEnders will do that because they have got a long history. No matter what you want to say about current storylining and all that sort of thing, they can't do a story like this without the research. I just don't want them to go too ham-fisted with all the special effects and all that sort of thing for when Isaac episode. The ways of doing it well, but uh, it worries me. That's all I would say. Yeah. I... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Microphone dropped. Just dropped on the floor. <laughs> and I'm gone. Thank you. Join us next week. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't really add much more to that other than to say, and again, I said this, I think, before we start recording, they seem to be doing another story, which they've literally just finished airing or are airing on the repeats, the classic repeats on Drama Channel at the moment. Mm. And for anyone watching those, it's a very difficult line to trend because personally, I'm going to be comparing it now to the Joe Wick story. And um, You can't help but do that, can you? Exactly. Really? And as you say, the Joe Wick story is very well done. I mean, he he, he developed it. He must have had it from a young age, but he developed it a lot worse once his sister died because he blamed himself for that. I'd be interested to know what what was the switch that caused uh, Isaac's schizophrenia. I, I guess we're led to believe it's meant to be the relationship that he had and perhaps it was a very bad breakup between them and it caused him to kind of or maybe it was building up in the relationship. Um, I mean, I would also argue that, you know, in the, or we're talking like 20 odd years since the Joe Wick story, mm. um, you know, sort of medical research has come on a long way. So I would imagine they'll be saying, diff- the doctors will be saying different things now to what they would have done to Joe in the 90s. Yeah. So I imagine that, I don't, I to be honest with you, I don't know if schizophrenia is one of these things where there is a trigger or whether it's right. just something that begins to happen to you like like any other sort of mental illness. And if I'm using any wrong terms here, then I deeply apologise. So yeah, I mean, we just wait and see, I guess. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about it because it's a huge story. It'd be nice for Isaac, this character who's sort of been quite underrepresented since he came into it not really done a huge amount to be given such a massive story so I'll I'll look I'm looking forward to it and seeing how they're going to do it out but just please don't go overboard with all the special effects please for the love of god please do it do it with a subtlety that it deserves because I think a story like this if done subtle I think it would just 
be a much more louder voice rather than just yeah. being like thrown in your face. Okay, yes, yeah. I know you enjoy doing that at the moment, writers and producers of EastEnders. <laughs> Fine, but maybe give this the care that it absolutely needs. You've you've dropped the ball on a few issue based stories recently. Um, let's be honest, they have. Let's mm. maybe pick up the ball and have another go at schizophrenia. Right? <laughs> Let's give schizophrenia a crack, shall we? Yeah, um, we go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, this is the sort of story that EastEnders should thrive on because it's, you know, it's one of those stories that sort of the other soaps don't really do, and it's the sort of thing that EastEnders tends to tackle head on. Mm. So they, they they should be in territory, but they know how to do it well. Give them some credit. Let's say this could be an amazing story, and then see how it pans out. I, you know me, I, I will praise EastEnders to the cows come home. I always err on the side of positivity where maybe other watchers don't quite so much. And I, I, although you may not believe it sometimes by the way I talk, I do want the show to do this well. It's just that with Bobby's story, I feel like they just don't care anymore. With Grey and Chantel's story, they clearly have just forgotten about that. And it's just, there's so many examples where they're currently just not doing it right. And they could, if they could do this right, then yay. And also don't just make it like he get. we find out this week... Lola finds out next week. The third week, he has an episode. Fourth week, he recovers from it. Never heard from it again. That would no, really no, 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 do no, no, no. my nothing. And I don't want them yeah, to do that. This is, this is a no, story now. This is where we build Isaac up from now on. We didn't know a lot about mm. Isaac other than he liked to mm. occasionally miss kids club and drink and smoke on the bench. Now we mm. know this quite big part of him. This is the building block. This is the foundation. Now you build on top of this. Don't just knock away that cornerstone and then start again with him because you've got bored of writing about schizophrenia. Yeah. Let's... You know, this isn't like when you gave Ian Beale diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Not quite the same thing. Fantastic example. And we're going to end on that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Um, as usual, you guys have been getting in touch with us with your point of view about the show. So it's time to hit, read some of them out on I Ain't One to Gossip. you know me i ain't one to gossip so it's the time at the end of the show where we read some of your comments on our twitter instagram our facebook group and what you sent to us on our email addresses all the details will be at the end of the show so stay listening for them all right i'm starting off on twitter at ben's bobby said i enjoyed this week although i'm confused as to whether we're meant to feel sorry for ruby when she's been lying through her teeth the entire time obviously the miscarriage is devastating but if she blames stacy for losing the baby i'm not sure i have much sympathy for her i'm surprised by the viewpoint that we've both taken on this until you said it until you said that like you know you can see exactly where ruby's coming from in terms of blaming stacy i hadn't thought about it but in a lot of ways you know it's stacy's not a billion percent innocent now i don't believe that it's going to be um done with quite as much layers as that it's going to be literally ruby is lying and stacy is innocent yeah don't think we're really supposed to be feeling sorry for ruby in on the grand scheme of things like it the thing is we've got to remember that anything that she's going she's doing about it she has gone through a miscarriage which is a Mm. deeply traumatic thing for a woman to go through so Mm -hmm. for, for that part of it i feel very sorry for her her reaction to that and how she you know sort of how her lies will uh, go throughout the next week it depends on how much sympathy she's going to get i think but i do sympathize with ruby on this and as you say it's a horrible thing for any woman to go through um it'd be interesting to know martin's reaction i don't think we really discussed it too much but i'd be interested to know how martin's reaction will be not by him blaming stacy but him losing a child too because sometimes you don't mm. obviously obviously it's a huge deal for a woman to lose a child but sometimes you forget the husband also has lost the child too and so maybe martin oh, might no, feel no. 
you know, feel some feelings toward it too in that respect. Uh, Rachel Richardson on Facebook says, I thought Friday was a decent episode and made me laugh at points, especially when Kira said, I'm sorry, is that the point where I'm supposed to be scared? Also was surprised that Isaac had schizophrenia as it looked like they were going in an HIV direction. I'm so scared that EastEnders is going to misrepresent another mental illness. We discussed that pretty thoroughly. That yeah. it's we applaud them for, for going for it, but just don't mess it up, as RuPaul would um, not say. No, but it's, you're right. You're paraphrasing, but you're right. And I'm surprised yeah, you slightly. used a RuPaul quote, quite frankly, Rob. Do you know why? Because every single gay man in the world, apart from me, is quoting it. Like, do you know what the RuPaul thing? It's like when kids used to be obsessed with Power Rangers in the playground, and every all the kids were like quoting from Power Rangers. Hey, it's morphing time. It's literally RuPaul has done that to the gay community and to annoys me. Um. You've literally bookended this episode as a rant about RuPaul at the beginning and a rant about RuPaul at the end. For someone who doesn't watch RuPaul, you know very much a lot about RuPaul. <laughs> I'm just a troll. What you can are, I say? I'm an absolute are. troll. I've got to say, I thought this was a really good week on the whole. I thought there was a lot. I thought it was quite a busy week. Hmm. You know, I think a lot of stories went in directions that I wasn't expecting them to. And I like it when EastEnders does that. And I'm intrigued. And I'm actually looking forward to Monday's episode to see how any of the stories sort of sort of go forward so you know i reckon about half of them will be forgotten (laughs) and we won't be going back to them for a long time yeah we'll deal with ruby again in april (laughs) exactly oh dear well thank you all for your comments you can contact us on twitter and instagram at wolford weekly find us on facebook on wolford weekly podcast on youtube don't forget to like subscribe and click the bell to get notifications about our spoiler videos and for ben's roundup of the week videos you can listen to us on apple podbean spotify or any of your favorite podcast sites you can email us at robwolfordweekly at gmail.com or alexwolfordweekly at gmail.com We'll be back next week, same time, same place, same annoying voices. So until then, we bid you all goodbye. Goodbye. The Spirit Toy Wilcox.